The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go back to Lords for our third and final part at the look at this sporting ground in the middle of London. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. Many of the stands at Lord's were rebuilt in the late 20th century. In 1987, the new mound stand, designed by Michael Hopkins and Partners, was opened followed by the grandstand, designed by Nicholas Grimshaw in 1996. The media centre, opposite the pavilion between the Crompton and Edric stands, was added in 1999. Designed by Future Systems, it won the Royal Institute of British Architects Sterling Prize for 1999. The redevelopment of the Compton and Edict stands was completed in 2021, adding 2,600 seats and bringing the ground capacity to 31,100 spectators. The two ends of the pitch are the pavilion end, southwest, where the main members' pavilion is located, and the nursery end, northeast, dominated by the media centre. The current grand stand replaced the one built in 1926 by Sir Herbert Baker. Although the stand was described as truly a thing of beauty, loved by all who gazed upon it, it did have limitations for spectators. 43% of the seats had an obstructive view of the playing area, and the structure itself was becoming rotten. The current pavilion at Lord's is the third pavilion to stand at the ground, and is the main survivor from the Victorian era, having been built in 1889 to 1890. It has been listed as a Grade II listed building since September 1982. The pavilion was constructed using brick, with ornate terracotta facing, which includes terracotta gargoyles such as the Patriarch, which is thought to represent Lord Harris. The building consists of a long, two-storey centre section with covered seating between two end towers, which are capped with pyramidal roofs, which have ornate wrought and cast iron lanterns. Running the full length of the rear of the second floor is the pavilion roof terrace, which provides views of the entire ground. It underwent an £8 million refurbishment programme in 2004 to 2005, the pavilion is primarily for members of the MCC, who may use its amenities, which include seats for viewing the cricket, the long room and its bar, the bowler's bar, and a member shop. And Middlesex matches, the pavilion is open to members of the Middlesex County Cricket Club. The pavilion also contains the dressing rooms, where players change, each of which has a small balcony for players to watch the play. The long room is found on the ground floor of the pavilion, and was described by Lawrence Booth as the most evocative four walls in world cricket. The players walk through the long room on their way from the dressing rooms to the cricket field. 
This walk is notoriously long and complex at Lourdes. On his test debut in 1975, David Steele got lost on his way out to bat and ended up in the pavilion's basement toilets. Once a player reaches the long room, it is approximately 30 paces from the swing door at the rear of the room to the steps which lead onto the playing field. The long room is decorated with paintings of famous cricketers and administrators from the 18th to the 21st century, predominantly English players. For an overseas player to have their portrait placed in the long room is a considerable honour. Amongst overseas players who have a portrait in the long room are four Australians, Don Bradman, Keith Miller, Victor Trumper and Shane Warne. Found in the players' dressing rooms are the honours boards for commemorating centuries. Five wicket halls and ten wicket halls in a match. Two honours boards for batting and bowling commemorate England players in the home dressing room, while the batting and bowling boards commemorating players from the other nationalities are found in the away dressing room. Originally, only these achievements in test matches were commemorated, but since 2019, an honours board for ODIs has been introduced. As of 2022, 167 players have made 240 test centuries at Lords, and 130 players have taken 186 five-wicket hauls. In ODIs, 30 players have made 30 test centuries at Lords, and 14 players have taken a five-wicket haul. A separate neutral honours board was created in 2010 to coincide with Lords hosting a test match between Australia and Pakistan. The Australians Warren Bardsley and Charlie Kellaway were the first two names added to this board commemorating their centuries against South Africa in 1912. They were joined by the Australians Shane Watson and Marcus North, who both took five-wicket hauls against Pakistan. The dress code in the pavilion is notoriously strict. Men are required to wear ties and tailored coats and acceptable trousers with appropriate shoes, and women are required to wear dresses or skirts with trousers worn with blouses and appropriate shoes. Until 1997, women, except Queen Elizabeth II, were not permitted to enter the pavilion as members during play, due to the gender-based membership policy of the MCC. The 1998 decision to allow female MCC members represented a historic modernisation of the pavilion and its clubs. The decision to build the media centre was made during a meeting of the MCC committee in 1995. These plans sought to remove the inadequate media facilities, mostly concentrated in the Warner stand, which could accommodate 90 journalists, along with wooden shacks dotted around the ground for commentators and replaced them with a new purpose-built facility. It was then approved by members of the MCC at a special general meeting in December 1996. A gap between the Compton and the edict stands was selected, with space limitations requiring the centre to stand 15 metres, 49 feet, above the ground on reinforced supports from the structure around its two lift shafts. This design allowed for uninterrupted access between the main ground and the nursery ground while also allowing the movement of ground staff and their equipment. It cost around £5 million. Construction began in January 1997 and was completed in time for the 1999 World Cup. It was built in pieces and these pieces were then delivered to Lords where they were lowered into place during the 1998 season. The glazing on the front of the centre is inclined to 25 degrees so as to eliminate reflections and glare on the pitch to minimise the visual barrier between members and the media and the players. The lower tier of the centre provides accommodation for 118 journalists, with two hospitality boxes either side, which accommodate 18 people each. The top tier has radio and television commentary boxes, consisting of two television studios, two large commentary and radio commentary boxes, each holding up to six people. The centre's only opening window is in the broadcasting box used by the BBC Test Match Special. The building won eight architectural awards, 
including the RABA Sterling Prize for Architecture in 1999. The media centre was originally sponsored by NatWest, with sponsorship being taken over by Investec in 2007. Since the 31st of May 2011, the media centre has been sponsored by JP Morgan. The nursery ground was purchased in two parts by the MCC in 1838 and 1887. The ground is primarily used as a practice ground and is considered to have some of the best grass nets in the world. In 1895, the Middlesex volunteers requested the use of the nursery ground as a drill ground, but this was declined by the MCC. The nursery pavilion, which was constructed in 1999, overlooks the playing area of the nursery ground and is one of London's largest venues. The ground has hosted one first-class cricket match in 1903 when the MCC played Yorkshire. The match was originally to be played on the main Lord's ground, but heavy rain had fallen in the week leading up to the match. This had led to the abandonment of the match between the MCC and Nottinghamshire. The heavy rain persisted during the MCC versus Yorkshire match, with the players spending the first two days of the three-day match sat in the pavilion. However, it was deemed that the playing surface on the nursery ground was suitable for the third day of the match to be played there, with both sides batting for an innings each and Yorkshire's Wilfred Rhodes making an unbeaten 98. The women's university match has been played on the nursery ground since 2001. However, following calls for gender equality, the 20-over fixture will be played on the main Lord's ground for the first time from 2022 alongside the men's fixtures. On big match days, crowds are allowed onto the outfield. The Cross Arrows Cricket Club play their home matches at the nursery ground toward the end of the cricket season. The construction of the new Compton and Edrick stands, which began in August 2019, encroached the nursery ground's playing area. In order to reclaim the playing area lost to the redevelopment of the stands, the temporary nursery pavilion will be demolished in 2025 to 2026, and the playing area will be extended up to the perimeter wall running along the Wellington Road. Lords is the home of the MCC Museum, which is the oldest sports museum in the world, and contains the world's most celebrated collection of cricket memorabilia, including the Ashes Urn. MCC has been collecting memorabilia since 1864, the collection being originated by Sir Spencer Ponsonby Fane, who subsequently became the club treasurer. These items were originally displayed in the pavilion, limiting access to the collection to MCC members. Following the Second World War, the collection had outgrown its home in the pavilion, with the decision made to relocate the collection and open it to the public. The MCC moved the collection to a disused rackets court, which had fallen into disrepair during the war, with this location also acting as a memorial to the fallen members of the MCC from the two world wars. They appointed Diana Rackett Kerr, to whom the game owes a great debt, to be the first full-time creator of the museum and library, a position she held from 1945 to 1968. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com.
The museum was officially opened to the public as the Imperial Memorial Collection by the Duke of Edinburgh in 1953. During her tenure as curator, Rate Kerr secured donations of pictures, equipment and other artefacts from around the world. Rate Kerr was succeeded as curator by Stephen Green in 1968. The museum today welcomes around 50,000 visitors per year. Among the items on display include cricket kit used by Victor Trumper, Jack Hobbs, Don Bradman, Shane Warne and others. Many items relating to the career of W.G. Grace and curiosities such as the stuffed sparrow that was bowled out by Jahangir Khan of Cambridge University in developing a ball to T.N. Pierce batting for the MCC on the 3rd of July 1936. It also contains the battered copy of Wisden that helped to sustain E.W. Swanton through his captivity in a Japanese prisoner of war camp during the Second World War. It continues to collect historic artifacts and also commissions new paintings and photography. It contains the Brian Johnson Memorial Theatre, a cinema which screens historic cricket footage for visitors. The museum collaborates with a number of national museums and schools through active loans, in addition to community and tour programs. It's a member of the Sporting Heritage Network. Lords also has one of the largest and most comprehensive collections of books and publications dedicated to cricket. The library includes over 20,000 volumes and grows by around 400 volumes a year. The library encourages donations from authors and publishers. The library operates as a private library for MCC members on match days, but it is open by appointment on non-match days. It was expanded in the 1980s with the opening of the new library in the tennis court block to the rear of the pavilion, having previously been housed in a small office in the pavilion. In 2010, a selection of 100 duplicates from the library's collection was offered for auction by Christie's, with proceeds going to support the library. Lord's has two gardens, the Harris Garden and the Coronation Garden. The Coronation Garden was created behind the A-Stand, Warner Stand, in 1952 to celebrate the coronation of Elizabeth II. It contains weeping ash trees and other trees, providing a shaded area under which benches are found. Preserved in the Coronation Garden is one of the first models of mass-produced cast-iron heavy rollers dating from the 1880s, which was in use at Lord's until 1945. A large bronze statue of W.G. Grace stands in the Coronation Garden. The garden is popular with picnickers during major match days. The Harris Garden, formerly tennis courts, was created as a rose garden in 1934 in memory of Lord Harris. The garden was restored and relaunched back in 2018. The restoration included the exposing of the flint wall, which runs along the back of the garden, which displays a dedication to Lord Harris. The flower beds in the Harris Garden were replanted in 2018 with a floral design featuring flowers from all the test-playing nations. The Harris Garden is available for private hire and can host up to 300 people. Pelham Warner was of the opinion that the only other sport which had any real standing at Lords was real tennis. A real tennis court began construction in October 1838. The court was built at a cost of £4,000, which at the time was exceptionally high. A real tennis competition was later established in 1867. The tennis court was demolished in 1898 to make way for the mound stand, with a replacement court being built behind the pavilion in 1900 in the back garden of number 3 Grove End Road. By 2005, the MCC had a real tennis playing membership of 200. The playing of rackets at Lords dates from 1844 and is currently played in the same building as real tennis. Lords hosted the public schools championship in 1866 with Harrow School triumphing. Since then, the championship has been held at the Prince's Club before moving to the Queen's Club. 
With the advent of lawn tennis, a decision was made at the annual general meeting of the MCC in May 1875 to construct a tennis court, although there was a strong opposition from some members. A suggestion to standardise the rules of tennis was made at Lords by J.M. Heathcote, who was himself a prominent real tennis player. On the 3rd of March 1875, the MCC, in its capacity as the governing body for rackets and real tennis, convened a meeting at Lords to test the various versions of lawn tennis, which existed with the aim to fully standardise the game's rules. After the meeting, the MCC Tennis Committee was tasked with framing the rules. On the 29th of May 1875, the MCC issued the Laws of Lawn Tennis, the first unified rules of lawn tennis which were adopted by the club on the 24th of June. These rules were amended by the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club for the 1877 Wimbledon Championship, with the dimensions of the tennis courts being based on those at Lords. The courts on which those were based were no longer used for tennis and are now part of the Harris Garden. The original intention for the purchase of the northern part of the nursery ground in 1838 was for it to serve as an archery venue. Archery is recorded as having been played at Lords as far back as August 1844, when visiting Iowa Indians camped at Lords and demonstrated their archery skills. Lords was one of the venues for the 2012 Summer Olympics, hosting the archery competition. The archery competition took place in front of the pavilion, which the archers were positioned in front of, with targets placed 70 metres away, just past the square and in front of the media centre. Either side of the square, temporary stands holding up to 5,000 spectators were erected. Lacrosse was first played at Lords in 1833 by the Canadian pioneers of the sport. Lacrosse returned to Lords in 1876 when a team of Canadian gentlemen amateurs led by William George Beers played an exhibition match at the ground. A Canadian lacrosse team toured the United Kingdom again in 1883, with one exhibition match being staged at Lords in front of several thousand spectators. It was later played again at Lords in October 1953, when the Kenton and Old Thortonians lacrosse clubs met there in a lacrosse championship match, with further fixtures following in November of that same year. Baseball was first played at Lords in 1874, when the MCC hosted a touring party of 22 baseball players from the Boston Red Stockings and the Philadelphia Athletics, who were the two leading American baseball teams of the time. The Red Stockings defeated the Athletics 24-7 in front of a crowd of 5,000 spectators. A baseball game was held at Lords during the First World War to raise funds for the Canadian Widows and Orphans Fund. A Canadian team played a team of American London residents in a match watched by 10,000 people. Lords hosted the London pre-1968 Olympics field hockey tournament in 1967. One match saw India play Pakistan, which was broadcast live on the BBC, which, at the time, was unprecedented in field hockey. Pakistan won the match 1-0, while Pakistan went on to defeat Belgium later in the tournament. The ground hosted further international hockey matches in the 1970s. The university match between Oxford and Cambridge hockey clubs took place at Lords for 21 years, beginning in 1969. England beat the world champions India for the first time ever in this venue in 1978. Other sports to be played at Lords include lawn bowls and billiards. In 1838, a bowling green was constructed at the western end of the ground, in addition to a billiards room with two billiard tables, which was added to the original tavern, with professional billiards players playing matches at Lords on a Monday during the cricket season. In the late 1840s and early 1850s, Lords held Galloway pony races after the cricket season was over with races starting at the tavern and finishing 20 yards south of the pavilion. These are the current cricket records held at Lords.
current and correct as of the 1st of August 2022. Test matches, highest team total, 729 for six declared by Australia versus England in 1930. Lowest team total, 38 all out by Ireland versus England in 2019. Highest individual innings, 333 by Graham Gooch for England versus India in 1990. Best bowling in an innings, eight wickets for 34 runs by Ian Botham for England versus Pakistan in 1978. Best bowling in a match, 16 wickets for 137 runs by Bob Massey for Australia versus England in 1972. One day internationals, highest team total, 334 for four in 60 overs by England versus India in 1975. Lowest team total, 107 all out in 32.1 overs by South Africa versus England in 2003. Highest individual innings, 138 by Viv Richards for West Indies versus England in 1979. Best bowling in an innings, six wickets for 35 runs by Shaheen Shah Afridi for Pakistan versus Bangladesh in 2019. So I hope you've enjoyed our third and final look at Lord's Cricket Grand. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or our social media. It's that easy. Thanks for listening and really hope you've enjoyed our podcast and especially this three-part series on Lords. And we'll see you soon in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.